Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your hosts, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and this week we look at the patch notes out on the test server this week, along with some of the recent political strife. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you feeling this week? I'm feeling logistical. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Do tell. Well, I'm actually getting uh, more experience with keep ownership. We kind of touched on it last week. And I would like to say real quick, I want to call it a castle. I mean... This whole terminology thing with, I constantly want to say, keep the keep, Mm -hmm. you know? You don't like that? I mean, it's probably a a major minor discipline or something. Maybe you you need to switch to maintain. (laughs) Maybe you need to maintain the keep. Maintain the keep, yeah. Right. Keep the keep. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you're... They're not changing because they already have castle. It's just not implemented. Oh, that's right. That's right. My understanding of a keep was it was like the the center part of the castle, you know, at the war table. Oh, I see. Like the keep. So you're pushing up your glasses on this one and saying, (laughs) I don't know if this is accurate. (laughs) We need to check the medieval castle. Right. Right. We can run around with wings on our back. (laughs) But you call that center building the right thing, <laughs> is what is what we're where we're at now. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I just really want to say castle. I think is is yeah. the problem. I wonder what happens if you do just start saying castle. Do you think the guild <laughs> will reject you? Like, no, it's a keep. There's one that I can think of that I won't name that might correct you each time. <laughs> He's kind of a corrector. He's kind of a corrector. To his credit, he's usually correct, though. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, yeah. a, that's a staple of being a corrector. Yeah. You be correct. Definitely want to have a high percentage on correcting. Yeah. And when I say high, I'm not saying 51. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need, like, I'm going to go 85. 85. I just kind of made that up. I'm going to go 85% right if you're going to be a, a standard corrector. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, sit back down. You know what I mean? Be humble. Learn more until you get to 85%, <laughs> then jump back in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would like to, and I don't, you know, I I, I thought about, I probably should go back and re-listen before I, I go on this thing, but I do just want to make sure I clarify from last week's episode when I was talking about people having these really nuanced conversations about, you know, builds and, and theory crafting and things like that. And I talked about how, for me personally, it, it's not, I don't know that I'll ever be able to get really, really hardcore, not in just a crow fall, but into any game kind of thing. I, I do think I said last week very specifically that I did not mean to compare or, or imply that me not being as hardcore made me superior or implied that I have a better life or any or better values or anything. And in no way is a comparison point other than I probably am never the, the most knowledgeable, the smartest guy in the room. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do also just want to just add to that because <laughs> I've thought of, I've thought about it since then is that 
I also don't mean to imply that to have nuanced theory crafting conversation that you have to be no lifing the game, right? Like it's not that <laughs> it's not as complicated as Crowfall is. Most of the complication comes from just a lack of readily accessible information to to refer to. Once you actually understand how something works, it's not like you're constantly doing a calculus problem or something. You know what I mean? So just want to clarify, didn't mean to hate on anyone. And no one, you know, it's not like I got a bunch of feedback or something, but I just wanted to make sure I didn't come across as arrogant or something in that or, or, or you know, like I was trying to, <laughs> again, classify people in some certain way or something. That's That's not the case at all. A, don't have the commitment level myself, and B, not real bright. You know what I mean? So that's what keeps me out of those conversations. Well, I, I didn't I didn't take it as you being arrogant. Sure. Well, like I said, just had to just had to clarify. I felt like I went on a bit of a, <laughs> a rant last week, so you know. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big all bark no bite kind of guy. You know what I mean? So big dog. We haven't talked about the video game yet. That's disappointing. <laughs> You said you want to use the word castle because you oh, are feeling logistical. That's right. That's right. Got to run resources and upgrade buildings more, kind of understand how the plots work inside the keep. And there's different uh, grades of plots. So you would have like, you know, barracks, defensive buildings, siege workshop, like those all go in a letter A plots. And then you have letter B, C, so on, as the various buildings, temple, statues, and whatnot. But actually got to run some pigs again. We ended up losing our bell tower, needed to upgrade it back real quick. And Overseer had already been looted. Those that aren't familiar with that, it's a tower where you capture it like an outpost. You get the buff, then you can open the chests and get the resources, run them back. But there's a timer on it, and so it doesn't just continually spawn. Kind of similar to how the forts worked, where they would kind of spawn resources. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I ran pigs again for the first time in a while, and I was like, wow, I I definitely don't miss running pigs. I, 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 I feel like that there could be a more fun way to kind of incorporate the transportation of the resources. Something that could involve, like, I don't know, giving stone masonry some, some more love. But I thought of, like, uh, crafting supply carts or something and being able to, like, set up some kind of, I don't know, resource route. And, I mean, it would give, like, some... Some places that people could attack uh, and take resources. Like if we had to keep for a while and we're able to put up a bunch of supply carts or something. And it would be neat to see them automate in some way, like on the world. I don't know. I'm just, maybe that's going too far, but too quickly. But it seems like it would be cool. You could raid the caravans and stuff, you know. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think that's part of the, I mean, so certainly I think you're right. Running pigs is not anyone's idea of like, wow, I can't wait to spend several hours doing that. Yeah. But I think that the tedium of it makes it like, A, it incentivizes the whole guild or the whole alliance or whoever to participate, right? Because if one or two people are doing it, then that's 
a real grind for them. And it you're vulnerable the whole time because you could get ganked by anyone at any time. So, I mean, if you had an automated supply route that had certain places that could be attacked, that would actually be a lot safer than running pigs is today. Because yeah. currently when you run pigs, you, you're just exposed all the time. Well, I mean, in my fantasy world there, there would be carts on the map that you could destroy, so they would be at risk still. Mm. Um, you just don't want to run the pigs. You just, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically where we're trying to get to, is you don't want to follow the cart back, because the pig is the cart. Yes, yeah, the the, the pig is the cart. It, it, it could do it on its own. You could even have some horses and... Maybe a little cart driver, you know? <laughs> I really just want to get stable mastery discipline in there so you could breed horses. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the game is set up for horse breeding at this point, so... I mean, <laughs> we, we could grow things in our EK. We could... Wow. There could be all Have kinds you, of things. I feel like on. what you actually want is Albion Online. Nah. I mean, you want you want to grow stuff. You want to have animals. You ever fought any? Uh, did combat in Albion Online? I have, but I, I'm not hearing requests for combat. I'm hearing requests for animal husbandry, and <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's the other things, right? We, we're still gonna do the combat. Oh, okay. I see. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know if you were just playing farmer. Now, you know what I mean? I mean. It would be uh, it would be interesting, you know. I mean, if you want, we can we can call it on this and start just doing Stardew Valley multiplayer. Start the Stardew podcast. You know what I mean? And we can then, farm and grow animals in that. And then we could fight each other in Stardew. <laughs> I don't. Maybe Terraria. You could fight in Terraria. I don't know if you can fight in Stardew or not. I mean, you fight enemies, but I don't know if you can fight each other. Yeah. But yeah, we can. We'll look into that and get back with everyone that cares, which is. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that there's, so it, it's, and I, I know I say this to you all the time, I'm not, I don't say it flippantly, but yet again, Guild Wars 2 <laughs> does actually feature exactly what you're talking about, where it's got little supply areas that then auto automatically deliver supplies to nearby castles or keeps or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, and, and are gankable by by players so certainly that system exists in another game you know guild wars obviously works a lot different than crowfall does but yeah i mean it it's there in their world versus world you know faction versus faction kind of pvp gameplay setting and so yeah it definitely definitely is not a not an unheard of idea and i mean you know it could be faster to run them yourself still but if you had the carts set up and you were not online and no one attacked them, you could get some resources still. I don't know. Yeah. Crowfall just doesn't seem like it's really interested in... I mean, the the only time I can think of where they give you a little bit of a break <laughs> is in the factory copies of stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, it's like, you want, you want it to do something that you're not actually pressing the button for like nah. nah it doesn't work that way and even the factory copy it's not like you get to just spam copy or something you still have to have resources it's less but you still <laughs> someone has to go click the rock still you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah That's so 
in uh, so actually i don't mean to jump ahead any any other thoughts you had there on on the, the logistics side or, or any of that i don't know no yeah fair i i just wanted to, to throw out and again anyone who listens knows clearly i know nothing but i i was astonished recently this last week i went out and when harvest went group harvesting with some guildies and we were skinning in a hot zone so it's a hot zone and it was a rank 10 zone one of the wildland zones so you know already the quality is as high as it can be because it's rank 10 skinning and it's a hot zone so the volume of drops has increased significantly but the person i was skinning with had a pretty legit set of skinning of just harvesting gear right Mm -hmm. and i you know i've harvested the whole time i've played Crowfall. i don't i don't you know i think most players have harvested (laughs) some and i've of course i've seen a crit hit where you get you know a bunch of stuff that pops out of the node or whatever and it's all very pleasing i had no idea how far away from the end game if you will of that i truly was on a personal level the amount of resources that were dropping when I was grouped up with someone that had a whole set of gear designed for harvesting with, it was literally causing frame rate drops just when, <laughs> when the node would vomit out, I don't know, 40 or 50 things at a time, <laughs> literally. Like, it was insane. I had no idea that it could be that dramatically yeah, jewelry and uh, enchanted armor and high high discipline, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and hot zone. It's like, right? It's wild. It's like, oh, yeah. This is this is nice, right? Well, and so that that kind of ties into another conversation that you and I have had, and I had with a few other guildmates recently, but. So the thing is, is that to harvest like that, you probably harvested a ton already Mm. in order to get to the point where you can do that, right? Obviously, if you're willing to help your guild and contribute to them and that sort of stuff, then there's still value in it. But you personally may not really need to harvest that much anymore. Like by the time you can get 50 pieces of leather per swing, it's not literally that, but you get my point. You don't need that much personally, probably. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe because I guess you maybe you haven't leveled up leather working yet. Either way, that so the conversation that I was having was, I used to be really disappointed that the game doesn't have an auction house. There's many episodes where you can listen to me rant on about how it breaks the market and it creates these wild inefficiencies and blah blah blah. Well, then, and it might have been last episode we talked about this. I don't know, but you and I recently were talking about how not having the centralized marketplace that's easily searchable kind of creates a scenario where trading has to be a lot more intimate because it's either player to player or even if it's on a vendor somewhere you've got to know where that vendor is and go to it and and you're only seeing what's on that one vendor at any given moment right so mm-hmm. price comparisons and understanding market inefficiencies could be more challenging for both buyer and seller right yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely, you're more likely to interact with 
other people and figure out some way that you can benefit each other in, in whatever you're most advanced in. And, or you just kind of know what people's focus is. And so if you come across something where it's like, hey, I actually kind of just need this. And then you talk to whoever, you know, that may be able to help you do that, right? As opposed to just going to a centralized marketplace and just clicking buy. Yeah, well, and so, and so that's the thing I was thinking about is that if there was a centralized marketplace where it was super easy to search and buy everything in the game. I don't know. I don't know if I, if this is true or not, but, but what my thought is, is that it seems like it would put a much more significant emphasis on gold, especially, and I don't know how many, I don't know how many new players we're getting on a regular basis, but if you were a new player and you have nothing and there's a market you can go to, it might be tempting to just try and get gold to buy that stuff, right? Well, I'm just going to go farm gold to buy stuff off the marketplace. And I, and currently, I don't think there's that same level of emphasis on gold making because you don't need it for everything, right? Because a lot of the things you're probably going to get either on your own or through your guild or whatever, but you're not just going shopping for everything constantly. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, so, and this relates really back to the point you brought up last week, talking about how in MMOs, there's always people who are really, really, really dedicated, right? And 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 they almost seem necessary to some extent to balance the more casual players, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in thinking about this market thing, it's like, well, I think for more casual players, maybe it's actually better that there's not this huge emphasis on gold based on the the convenience of a centralized market because it it incentivizes players to try more parts of the game. And frankly, I mean, you know, farming a war tribe is fine, but if that's all you did ever, I think you would get burned out very quickly. I know I would. (laughs) That's why I say that you, (laughs) I get burned out very quickly. And, And so I think that kind of creating a system where it's not so easy to just rely on gold and it's like, yeah, you should probably go, farm some other resource on your own that you might want. I think that helps promote diversity of gameplay activity, which, you know, I don't know how many often people think about that, but I think it's important for to avoid burnout, right? Especially in a game that's not constantly rolling out the new raid boss or, or whatever, right? The new dungeons or whatever, like you have in, in the theme park MMOs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. When the game first launched, we kind of ran into it a little bit where it was like, well, I guess we go out to God's reach and farm for cold. <laughs> right. What was that uh, starter zone? That, the name of that when they got rid of it? Arboreum? That's what it was. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah. Pre-Sky Point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sky Point was the advanced zone of God's reach back though. Yeah, and and that was uh, a big deal in it. Like I couldn't even remember the name just now. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it hasn't been. It's to your credit, it's been gone for a few months now, and it wasn't like you needed to know the name of the zone. <laughs> You're literally in the temple, and you zone out the only place you can, <laughs> and then that's where you were. So, 
Yeah, I just mean when when they first removed it, like a hu- huge news, and everyone had an opinion on it, and it's just like, well, I don't. Yeah, I well, what it, it anymore? <laughs> what it did was it created a. It had at least on in Arborium because there was Solarium and Lunarium, I think, whatever the the Sun and the Moon versions as well. Mm-hmm. And I assume it was the same in all three of them, but in the Arborium, there were, I think, two separate War Tribe camps that were behind the safe zone line. Yeah. So you could farm gold there and you literally couldn't be ganked. <laughs> so it was, yeah, a very easy, <laughs> easy decision to go farm gold from there because there's no real risk. Mm-hmm. But it was weird because it's the only place in the game where they allow you to have no risk and amass a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so they eventually, yeah, removed it. Yeah. My guess would be they didn't think players would <laughs> attach to it that way, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's pro- there was probably more efficient ways of doing it. It's just that you could do it there. And oh, I don't think it was the most. Yeah, it's, it's probably not the most efficient way to gain gold, but it's the lowest risk way because there was literally no risk. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Either way. So, so again, so I'm thinking about this, like, well, maybe it's better that there's not a centralized market for the reasons I've outlined. Well, I was talking to someone in our guild about this as well, who has, they've got legendary harvesting, crafting, all the belts, like they're, they're basically done (laughs) as far as account level progression goes. They're upgrading their major disciplines to legendary now, because that's one of the divine favor cards. So they've been waiting to do that for, for this little period of window of time. But, but anyway, and so that individual was came back and explained that really once you get all of those upgrades done, there's no longer a, a need for gold. And the lack of an easy-to-access marketplace makes it challenging to trade other things back and forth for gold. You know, I mean, obviously, again, they can set up a vendor or whatever, but it would be a lot better if they had access to a larger, more convenient market that's consistent with activity mm-hmm. because they don't really have a need for gold. So then they could, whenever they farm gold or come across it, they could then put it, you know, trade it for something that was more valuable to them because you don't really need gold in a large way once you're done with all those those disciplines and things. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting point and... I guess what made me think of it right now was when I was talking about how that harvester I was with harvested, you know, this enormous amount of stuff, but it doesn't escape me that, well, how much do you really need this amount of stuff if you're able to get it? Because they're, and that this person's not quite to the level of the other individual I was talking about, but it's like, you're already kind of at the end. I guess, I guess the question I have then is that like, what is the right, balance for the end because for you and i we're far away from having everything completed right yeah mm-hmm. but for other people or not and to be clear that's not unique to people who have just spent time grinding with the amount of dregs that we've had now people who have been in larger guilds that have consistently gotten dregs rewards also find themselves maxed out in everything mm-hmm and they might not even spend as much time doing the harvesting and that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Sh- shout out to anyone that actually just did all the grinding. 
Yeah. Before getting any guild rewards. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it it's 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 just it's just a thing that clicks for some people. Like remember when we played Dark Age of Camelot, mm-hmm. we had that one buddy who who had never played an MMO. And we were talking to him and he was like, Oh, I love RPGs. And we were like, Really? And he was like, Yeah. It's like I love Final Fantasy X. I just really love grinding, you know? Mm-hmm. I just really love going in and just grinding stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were like, Have you ever heard of an MMO? <laughs> that's all he, he did. Yeah. And he was like, uh uh-uh. uh. We were like, Oh, that's the whole game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we we were not wrong and he was not lying. Uh, <laughs> He did love grinding, and he did a lot of it, and was really effective, at least in the PvE side of it. Honestly, it's too bad we weren't EverQuest players, because he probably would have liked that more. Yeah, really. yeah. Because it was a more PvE-centric thing, but... Hey, you remember that time where we logged in, and he was just sitting on this island, yep. camp- camping all day, all yeah. day, and into the next day? Yeah, because it was a rare spawn. Like there, there's like two birds that spawn on this island, and there's I don't know. I'm gonna make up a number. We'll call it a five percent chance. I mean, it might be less than that by a lot. Mm-hmm. But there's some chance that when you kill the birds, when they respawn again, which is not quick, <laughs> that one of them will be this named bird. Mm-hmm. And if you kill it, then it has a chance to drop whatever thing he wanted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just lived on that island until he got what he wanted. And it was, I think it was close to a full day of time that it took him. And he wasn't mad. I would complain that entire time. (laughs) He did not. Yeah. He was happy. Yeah, he was good with it. So yeah, but yeah, to your point, yeah. Shout out to people who who have that capacity to just kind of go. And yeah, that got all all of the stuff done. It's it's definitely wild, the amount that there is. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, I guess my I guess my thought is just like how common is that going to become? The, I guess where I'm going with this is where I'm always going with Crowfall conversations, which is like how do we save the population? Because right now I think it's challenging to get new players in, right? Mm-hmm. But I also worry about what are we going to do with veteran players? Because if we go another few months of rewards and more and more people have maxed out everything Mm -hmm. what is their incentive to keep playing other than just the fun you know like as much as we all want to say that we don't care about like you know bigger numbers or something to some extent that's what drives a lot of this for a lot of players is there's a carrot to chase there's something to obtain and if that goes away do you care still or does it feel like camelot again where it's like i'm just fighting to fight yeah, yeah. I mean that that conversation came up recently uh, in the, in our most current dregs because it's we're now going into the last week of it, and we had a mega alliance form up again. Yep. And we have we've talked about the home keep agreement and kind of this idea of breaking up the larger alliance power and having more smaller factions fighting over the keeps and everything. But anyway, so there was a a guild in the home keep agreement. They decided to 
disband their guild and join up in with another alliance or disband their alliance, you know, and merge uh, into the number one spot. And now not only do they have the most points, which is basically out of reach, they also tend to field more numbers now. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, there there was a lot of people that were upset about this because they feel if there is this mega alliance running around steamrolling everyone, everyone that gets steamrolled is eventually going to not want to play. They're not going to feel competitive, like they can do anything. I mean, it's not fun to just like go out in PvP and then get rolled by 50 people and be like, well, we need 50 to even stand against this, right? And if that's not possible, then it's like, well, we can't even fight the fight now. And so I, I get what they're saying. I mean, at the same time, though, a PvP-type game, especially that's like guild-based, it always seems to tend to go this way, where especially when the fighting situation is stretched out over time. I'm drawing off experience of, of like a tribal wars campaign or something like that. The longer it goes, the more people are going to end up stop playing. And then the people that are still playing want to play with other people that are still playing and guilds and groups end up coming together and merging, right? It creates bigger groups. So it's kind of like the natural progression of the thing unless the number limits are limited more maybe but but yeah that's the current situation and that conversation that came up recently mm-hmm. yeah i don't know and again i can't help but to think again like is it just a population problem though because the reason that the that the, that this sucks so much is that there's just not that many enemies already. Mm-hmm. And so when a significant portion of them band together into a mega alliance, it's not only that they're rolling everyone, they also just represent a significant portion of who you could encounter to fight with. So what I mean by that is like, if we had three times the player base, let's say, and I don't, whatever that number is. Yeah. But if there were three times as many players right now, then even if you had a mega alliance or whatever, there's still enough room for there to be enough other smaller guilds Well, where maybe the mega alliance does run the table on conquest points and maybe they aren't really challengeable, mm-hmm. but maybe it doesn't feel that way as much because smaller guilds still can compete with each other and you still can find a space where you feel competitive, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a domino effect with how big the population is. I mean, the first people that merge end up going to number one, and they're the big group, and then everyone follows suit until there's not enough players to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So eventually, I mean, it would even out, but you would have to reach that 500 member cap. So maybe it's 
two big alliances, three big alliances. I mean, however big the population is, whoever wants to compete for number one, um, they're going to push that. that. That's fair. I guess what I mean is, like, let's assume there's one big alliance that's dominant. But if there were 10 other or 15 other alliances that maybe can't compete directly with the bigger one, mm-hmm. but amongst themselves have a healthy competition, right? Yeah. Like. Right. Maybe that could exist. And I get your point, though. Eventually, if you're going to go on and you're assuming you're actually trying to win, which why wouldn't you be? Then, yeah, you kind of have to just continue merging. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, on the one hand, you, it, we can't have, hey, everything's open ended and it's thrown more time and make your own politics and then say unless that means you merge right <laughs> like that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't make sense for the for that not to be on the table mm-hmm. but i do get I, I certainly do get the point that it's like yeah but it's not fun to fight against now and it's ultimately potentially killing the game mm-hmm. if people don't find a way to rebound from that and still be competitive and yeah i mean i don't know i guess smaller alliance numbers would be the the way the only way to really accomplish that yeah. I mean with the with the home agreement there was talks of, you know, limiting merges and that type of thing. The issue is is that you can demerge at any time for better point standing. So to limit merging just seems counterproductive. It's well, part of the game, right? It's like enter you're out, whatever you want to do. I mean, I don't really know how valid the home keep thing is anyway, though. I mean, there's a a few groups that don't haven't, I guess, taken the home keep from one another. But that's really because there's just a bigger enemy to focus on <laughs> the number one alliance, even yeah. before the merger. And the the two alliances that merged to form the mega alliance, one of them refused to participate and the other one was a signing member. And then <laughs> disbanded their thing to say, well, since we disbanded, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. The home keep thing didn't really hold any water anyway when it when push came to shove. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wasn't. I have no problem with it. I mean, I was actually as props to to those that you know made it happen. That it's hard to do to put forth a made up agreement and get a a bunch of people to believe in it and buy in. So it's like, that's, that's awesome that that we were able to see something take place that was not part of a game mechanic in in the the politics of it, you know, and it it still may be a thing going forward. I mean, it's not, it's not over by any means. It's not like the home keep agreement dissolved, but well, again, but it was proved to have no teeth. Like, well, uh, it's not dissolved, but if someone breaks it, what happened? Nothing. <laughs> the only way it works is if whoever breaks the agreement is then weak enough that everyone else can beat them up for it, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I, I don't know so much as we would consider it a betrayal of the agreement. I, I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, everyone has their own opinion on it. Right. But as far as people that are still in the agreement, we have helped each other with, with our keeps still. 
And and largely that's because I guess what, like you said, we're fighting a stronger power that mm-hmm. is number one. Right? right. I don't think the motivation is home keep agreement as much as it's destroy the evil empire kind of right. mentality. Right. 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 Arguably, we would have banded together without the agreement if this was the situation. I think so because I think the the emotional response that people had was was that right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do want to I do want to hit on um, patch notes. You know, I talked last week about how we hadn't really heard much in the way of patch notes, and I was kind of getting nervous because <laughs> Dregs ends this at the end of this calendar week. But yeah, so we do have some patch notes out on the test server. And I'm so the thing is, is that while the alliance numbers do not continue, have not gone down from 500, they have modified campaign zone rules again. And and this kind of puts into place what you're talking about. So wildland zones, as it is now and will continue forward, have 12 concurrent players in them total, Mm -hmm. right? Adventure zones, which are the zones that are attached to the temples, uh-huh. those have currently a 50 alliance member cap in them, but that is decreasing to 25. And the siege zones, which is the zones that have the, I think, I think maybe only keeps and no forts in them, those are currently a 100 player limit. And that's being reduced to 50 concurrent players per faction or alliance. Okay. So even if you have 100 people on, you're only going to be able to bring 50 to Siege. Now that's still, you know, what, eight groups or something? Like somewhere yeah. right in there, seven, seven, eight groups. But yeah, I don't know. I think that that's, I think that that's a, a pretty interesting. And I think that that might be a smarter answer than limiting alliance size because with people taking breaks and you know this not actually being real life <laughs> and stuff yeah. coming up limiting the alliance size to a really small number could make it hard to really sustain a healthy alliance or guild because you know if someone becomes inactive it's like well i have to kick you out after 5 days <laughs> because we can only have you know 50 people in this thing and <laughs> i've got to i've got to keep it with active players having the larger number allowed makes it so you don't have to micromanage that as tightly yeah. uh, and the zone restrictions limit the zerginess potential of it right right i mean especially when if you have the 500 person limit on the alliance and you had multiple guilds in the alliance every guild would have a little bit of allotment of more casual or i'm on break and not logging in uh members you mm-hmm. know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's like as long as it's kept in check and, and you don't have a huge portion that takes up a significant amount of the 500 that are just not playing then it's, it's probably not an issue right but yeah so I, I, I think that's interesting to see and assuming that the keeps and fort layouts when i say layouts i just mean the number of keeps and forts in each zone stays the same that means in the adventure zones, there will be, because there's currently one keep in the adventure zones, that means that there will be sieges that are 25 on 25. So that'll yeah. be pretty interesting because, the, you know, right now you have 12 on 12 fort fights, but to see a 25 on 25 keep siege, that's going to make that a lot tighter fight. A lot tighter fight. I, I, I like it. I don't know. I'm almost wanting to 
say go for a keep in 25 cap just to experience that when that first comes comes out it's true but if if you're going to do that you can never rely on larger numbers so Mm -hmm. whoever holds that whoever shows up for those siege events is gonna have to be a team as far as (laughs) i mean really yeah because because since there's a limit definitely whoever else the other side is is only bringing a team you know what I mean? Mm. So what that means is I can never go to a 25-man siege unless <laughs> it's like 2 in the morning and there's just no one on. <laughs> yeah, get the, get the 25-man keep in the, the off times. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, we had definitely not a team on that. Um, new, new. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. Someone said the other day when we were in Guild, we were out, we were out harvesting together and someone was like, hey, do you want to switch over and do i think a hot zone or something and they were like yeah everyone just grab their a-team pvp or and you know just go do it and i was like just for the record i don't actually have an a-team <laughs> person so i mean i don't have to go also you know what i mean yeah they were they were generous of course and let me go still but but anyway yeah so i i, I was personally that was that was probably one of the more exciting things however there are now category tabs to the vault and bank in the ui yeah wow yeah yeah so how many categories did they say it just says add added new category tabs i would assume what that means though is is because category is like food item discipline Mm -hmm. you know crafting resource whatever so yeah that'll be so nice (laughs) to finally have that Wow, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple, right? There's like a few equipment tabs. I think like an account item. Yeah, tab. correct. Yeah, and already there's armor and weapon. Uh, uh, yeah, purchased items, and then just and then just all. So mm-hmm. it'd be cool to see like cooking items and again stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, sacrifice sure. items. Yeah, since that's yeah. just a category of item. I know. Like any any anytime you find yourself scrolling down the entire vault page, need a category for that. Right. Whatever whatever that is. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Um let's see. There's several changes to classes. I won't read through all of those, but certainly if you've not checked that out, you should go look at the patch notes on the test server and you can see, but again, lots of different class either nerfs or buffs. Like, I understand Archmage is going to be nerfed pretty significantly. I guess that's the flavor of the month class at this point. Let's see. Yeah. Everything else, I mean, again, probably the the class changes is probably the thing that people will be most interested in. I don't know enough about all of them to speak to (laughs) what that means, so I won't try and pretend that I know that. But either way, so, so yeah. Several changes for classes, and then, like I said, I think the zone limit thing is really cool, and the fact that the UI in the bank is getting upgraded is a godsend. So yeah, I love I love UI upgrades. I mean, I don't, I don't know, it just makes me happy, <laughs> especially when they did the whole animated attribute points and mm. you know what you spec and everything, and it got a little slidey window. Yeah, you love a good slidey know. window. I, you know, <laughs> nice, 
nice touches. Nice touches. <laughs> there are a ton of little touches all over the place that are very good. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, anything else you wanted to cover this evening? That'll do it. Well, that's all for the show today. Follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests, or my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a show about video games where we explore the idea of why gaming matters. As always, thanks for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.